Hi, everyone. Chuck Gatica here for a Healthier Michigan podcast. We're bringing you a few bonus episodes from conversations at the 2022 Mackinac Policy Conference. This year, the conference is focusing on the business community's changing civic role in polarizing times. Throughout the conference, Michigan's business community will focus discussions and learnings around areas they can lead in advancing diversity as a strength, utilizing civility and facts in public discourse, building a culture of empathy, and advocating for the fundamental tenets of American democracy. We thought it'd be a great opportunity to talk to attendees about what they're doing to tackle these critical issues and how it's impacting Michiganders. We hope you enjoy these special episodes. On today's show, we'll be talking with Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan President and CEO Dan Lepp, Chairwoman of the Board of Directors for Children Trust Fund, formerly known as the Children's Trust Fund, Amy Lepp, Penske Corporation President Bud Denker, and CEO of the Downtown Detroit Partnership, Eric Larson. First up is President and CEO of Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan, Dan Lepp, and Chairwoman of the Board of Directors for Children Trust Fund, Amy Lepp. Good to see both of you. Good to see you as Chuck, well. Good to yeah, see you. Thanks so much. Dan is president and chief executive officer of Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan, the diamond sponsor of this event. And isn't it nice to see so many people just enjoying themselves and doing what you do on Mackinac for this conference? Yeah, it's great to see people. There are people I haven't seen in two years, Chuck, and it's great. Wow. It's great. Yeah. And Amy, you're navigating the conference. Uh, Absolutely. It's so good to be back. Yeah. Well, you know, both of you and Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan known for corporate citizenship without any question, but both of you are involved in personal philanthropy and beyond, right? From a corporate standpoint, serving on boards. And I know you're always proud to discuss how employees of Blue Cross Blue Shield are devoted to getting out and doing good for other people. And uh, there's a thread here in the conference, you know, about diversity and inclusion and really helping other people. Yeah, I think that we put a... um real focus on that and our employees have been terrific like for example for the children's trust fund we raised i think a million one hundred thousand dollars and we had employees walking and doing things and being involved and every year we take on a charity and our employees are phenomenal yeah and amy i know you're involved that the lep family does so much with great causes around the state and the children's trust fund the name has changed, it right? It has. It has. Simplified, are, is that accurate to say? Uh, I think it's to be more accurate of what we do okay. um, and the mission we have. So yeah. Children's Trust Fund is you know, what it's been known as for 40 years, but that doesn't necessarily really help people understand what we do. Yeah. So there was just a little bit of a shift, and we keep the trust uh, that's been in the name all along and have just taken that off and taken it a step further. So you were appointed by the governor, and tell us what the fund does. Sure. So we are the only organization that is solely focused on the prevention of child abuse and neglect. Obviously, we have so many partners around the state that help in that as well. But this is the one organization that will focus on that full time. So we have a partner with every county in the state. So we are truly a statewide organization. And in addition to that, we also provide grants for other partners who have ideas of how to start some programs around the state. Yeah. So uh, Children's Trust Michigan is the new name, right, that we should be looking for. Correct. So when you step out and you see... um, all the people that are here. I can tell you yesterday, the interviews that are going to be part of this series from Mackinac, 
Without a doubt, nearly every person we spoke to really talked about big picture stuff, but then drilled down to how it affects a person, right? A person in the neighborhood and an employee. And I know that's a critical part of the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan you know, charge, right? To affect real people. Absolutely. And besides our customers, our subscribers, and our employees, what we learned through COVID, Chuck, is that our employees were hurting. Mm. And so we worked through that. And um, I think I gained, personally gained, a lot of information and feeling for, I didn't quite understand how people felt. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we're making a difference. I think what we've done, we spent two and a half, two and a quarter billion dollars during COVID to cover vaccinations and copays and deductibles yeah. and fronting money to providers and all of that. And I think it was our role to do that. I mean, we cover half the people in Michigan. And so we felt we had an obligation to do that. And I think we helped the healthcare ecosystem to survive when we went through that. And uh, we're pretty proud of that. Yeah, I would say so. And the connection back to uh, Children's Trust Michigan, Blue Cross, Blue Shield of Michigan has stepped up its involvement too, right? You were sort of alluding to that at the beginning, but I wanted to double back to that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. We cover in our ACA programs every county in the state. And it's interesting, sort of the connection with the Children's Trust Fund. Children's Trust Michigan. (laughs) Children's Trust Michigan, yes. That they have programs in all 83 counties too. And I think, you know, we are a company that covers everybody everywhere. And so the combination with Children's Trust Trust Michigan, Michigan, I think was a great combination. And we're just really pleased to do what we did. You know, having uh, having a large family myself, you know, the notion that we get to 2022 and there's still room to grow an organization that will help neglected and abused youth, right? You would think, well, this must be going on. It must be ongoing. Was that a discovery for you that the need was still so great today? I think, so first of all, I, I just want to clarify that it's about the prevention end. Okay, so yeah. once it does hit, you yeah. know, the other, then it's, it becomes a different part of the state agency, yeah. right? But, you know, I think the other thing that's quite frightening is that the numbers, because children weren't in school during the pandemic, it's really the schools are generally our our first reporters. So that was a very frightening time, I think, that we knew that so many children were home and didn't have access to some of the safety net that they did before. And back to your point about taking care of your employees, Dan, the notion that the stressors, we saw it with our own kids and their kids. I mean, you've got mom and dad trying to do Zoom calls, the dogs, the cats, oh my gosh, they're living together. And you've got two and a half kids in a minivan and the stress economically and otherwise can just ratchet up right during COVID. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and then what we found is that our employees were getting up, getting in the shower at seven o'clock and going right to the computer and working till six o'clock. And one of the big messages that I was trying to send to our employee base was, you have to take care of yourself and your family. Yeah. And people worked, worked, worked. And I don't know how successful I was at convincing people to not to stop a little bit, but people really worked hard. But you know, you don't hear about self-care a lot from the top down in many companies and having lived through it with being a caretaker for mom and dad. 
I remember somebody told me the analogy once. It's kind of like flying in the airplane when they tell you to put on an oxygen mask in case there's trouble. If you don't put it on first, you can't help the person next right. to you, right? right? So if you don't take care of yourself, right. how are you going to take care of the kids, right? Uh, so the the event you were talking about that raised the 1.1 million was that the event at the Breslin Center? Yes, then? it was, and we yeah. had about about 800 900 people there. Wow! And it was really it was great. We had some great auction items, and our partners and our employees did a terrific job. I mean, it, that's we raised five hundred thousand dollars more than they've ever raised in that event. So it was pretty cool. That's great. So final thoughts uh, about the event or about the activities, the charitable things you're doing as we wrap up? We're, uh, you know, I guess as you get older, Chuck, that you view your role. I've been very blessed. We've been very blessed. And so it's absolutely, in my mind, our responsibility to give back to the community. And so that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Well, you can tell not only personally from all you're involved in, but also with Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Uh, Dan and Amy Lepp, it's great to see you again. Thanks, great Chuck. Yeah, be well. Thank you. Next up is president of Penske Corporation, Bud Danker. Good to see you. Busy man. It's good to be here this morning on this island. I'm going to be island hopping today as I head to Belle Isle here in a couple more hours. But it's, uh, it's great to come up last night to be part of the this wonderful chamber summit. And I'm on the executive committee with Sandy, obviously, so I'm here for support. But also for some important meetings today as well yeah. with the breakfast of the governor. And now it's time to get back to business in Detroit. How does it feel to actually see business and people here? It's wonderful. It really is. Yeah, we see it here. We saw it in Indianapolis a few days ago, right, with 331,000 people coming together. Wow. And obviously, we bought the facility you know, two years ago and before the pandemic happened and had nobody the first year, which was uh, just a very hollow feeling. But now to see people coming back mm -hmm. for the traditions they love, for the family events that they really cherish, and to have the business going on here and with our legislative people as well, too, is uh, it's very encouraging. You know, that's an interesting word, traditions. I think that's been one of the things that I've missed. Obviously, people and touching and getting close, but the notion that even a handshake is a tradition, right? And we, we got away from those. It really is. And, and you see it in business today with so many people working remote. Yeah. Right? Um, the handshakes, the even meeting a new employee. How do you onboard somebody when you haven't met somebody for several months? And yeah. uh, we're a little bit different at Penske. We've been in the office since June of 2020. You know, we're a face-to-face -face company and... And for me and for Roger, we hate to lose that culture. It's easy to let that slip a little bit when you're not together. Mm -hmm. and, and as you know, you get so much done in hallway conversations, don't you, too? The unplanned conversations versus a scheduled Zoom call. Sure. And uh, for us, we, we haven't missed the beat of that because uh, we haven't been away. And now we coming back to tradition on Belle Isle again one more time this weekend. Yeah, yeah, that'll be exciting. So Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has recently partnered with uh, NXG Youth Motorsports, and it aims to prepare youth, right, motivate youth, particularly African-American youth and other minorities from underrepresented communities to really advance in their, I guess, in, in the pr process of aging. We don't think about that too much with youth, but this notion of gaining strength as a young person, that's an awesome partnership. Well, indeed, Chuck, it is. And this NXG program is something that Roger and I witnessed when we bought the Speedway. We didn't know that for 10 years, NXG Racers, it's called, run by Coach Rod Reed, okay. targets kids that are 11 to 15 years old. They've had thousands of kids go through this program at the Speedway. I saw one day down there, these kids in a classroom and then out in go-karts. I said, what is this? And I attended an mm -hmm. entire weekend with the families and these kids and said, you know what? 
They are learning so much about STEM. They're learning so much about life lessons that I want to bring this to Detroit. And I brought Ken Delafiore from Blue Cross Blue Shield with me to the Speedway. We flew down one morning. We sat in the classroom and he and I watched these kids, watched the interaction of these mostly inner city kids, male and female, who never would have had the opportunity to come to the Speedway, never would have had the opportunity to drive a go-kart, never had the opportunity to learn about STEM through the eyes of mm -hmm. racing. And Ken said with me, Bud, you're right. We're gonna bring this to Detroit. I'm gonna help fund it. And in fact, they funded it to allow us to buy all new go-karts, engines, fire suits, helmets. Wow. So now we've had it in Detroit now three times. And it really is amazing to what these kids have learned. So we're so proud of it. So I've seen that happen with FIRST Robotics. You know, this on-ramp where kids are, it's part sport, it is part science, and the learning that is occurring, and it sounds like I can hear this in your excitement, it's by osmosis sometimes. Kids don't even realize they're picking up engineering and science and math, right? Absolutely. Let me give you one real-life example. Two young men, they were 11 years old and went to the program 10 years ago plus, and they never thought about engineering, never thought about math and science. They were on their way to playing basketball or football or something. Yeah. As 11-year-old kids do, right? Their mom brought them to the program. They were pushing and screaming. We're going to a speedway, someplace that we're probably not allowed to go because they have fences and there's guards there. This mm. is what the moms told me. Wow. And these kids now are mechanics and engineers for an IndyCar team that we're sponsoring, that Team Penske's sponsoring. Would have never had the opportunity to do that. One went to Purdue, got his engineering degree. Another went to an Indiana University, got his degree. One was working on police cars and taxi cabs in downtown Detroit. We got him, and now he's an engineer for an IndyCar team. That is the spark, Chuck, that <laughs> yeah. you talked about that an 11-year-old maybe get who's now in a high-performance program. And a positive outcome like that story, and there have to be many more, there are lasting effects that will ripple through families for, you would hope, generations. No doubt about it's life -changing. it. life-changing. And Cast Tech has been the partner we've selected here in the city. We were yeah. having our demonstrations on Cast Tech. I've invited all the kids that did the program two weeks ago and their parents to be my guests this week on Belle Isle for the race. So they're now going to see from go-karts going 20 mile an hour <laughs> to see race cars going 170 mile an hour. But more importantly, see the engineers and the team behind the scenes that maybe spark something for them as well. So Dan Lapp, Ken Hayward, Ken Delafiore, they're the reason why we're having NXG brought to Detroit. I'm very proud of that. And now I want to take this program and take it on the road to St. Louis, to other places that we race. Why not? That's just awesome stuff. So let's talk about this idea of programs that can help create an equitable future in Michigan. Obviously, this is a touch point for you with the NXG program, right? Uh, anything else going on with Penske that you want to talk about? Because that's part of the thread that runs through the conference now. It is, and yeah. equality and, and inclusiveness is so important for us. We have an initiative at the Speedway. It's called Race for Equality and Change. NXG is a big part of that. But how about the fact that Beth Peretta from Birmingham, Michigan, we funded her all-female IndyCar team last year. For the first time in the history of the Speedway, the Indy 500 last year, female driver, and six females went over the wall to change tires to work on a car. Never happened before. And now it was just announced that Beth and her team are coming back and racing three or four more races the balance of this year, thanks to the help of people like Chevrolet and ourselves. So those things, female-wide, diversity-wide, are so, so important mm -hmm. for us. 
We're not stopping at that. Our, our, our sustainability efforts, our equality efforts are so important for our company um, at Penske, but also so important for what we do in racing. So we're all in. Um, those are two great examples of what we're doing. And um, we're a Michigan-based company. We couldn't be prouder of that. Blue Cross Blue Shield is the partner we've chosen for all of our 67,000 employees, many of those in the U.S. They help us keep ourselves healthy. And we love our partnership with him. Love Dan Lepp and his entire team. Well, we I think the the love fest is uh, you know mutual. It's good to see you, Bud Denker, president of Penske, and thanks for stopping by. And uh, I can't wait to see what happens on Belle Isle this weekend. We're looking forward to it. Remember, one last year on Belle Isle, and wait till next yeah. year when it's on the streets of Detroit. Oh. It is going to be an epic, epic moment. Be safe and be well. Thank thanks, you. Bud. All right, bye bye. And finally, CEO of the Downtown Detroit Partnership, Eric Larson. Good to see you. Great to see you, Chuck. Lots of people here this year, which is really awesome. Oh, it's fantastic. It's such yeah. a difference from when it wasn't happening, but then last year when it was just a 1,000 people, and now it's back to normal. And people are excited to be together. People are excited to share the good news as well as you know, talk about some of the struggles we've had over the last few years. And, you know, the struggles are there and yet there are opportunities. And I want to double back to that. But up here, uh, you know, for people who may just be listening now, t you know, catching this episode of our podcast, this is a very unique event, right? I mean, you've got people from all over the state, different political stripes. I mean, cats and dogs really can live together. Absolutely. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it helps that we're on an island. So, you yeah, know, they yeah. can't get off. But, uh, but no, it is a very unique event. And, you know, obviously Blue Cross's sponsorship of this event is critical. But it's a, the ability for all of us, whether you're in the private sector, the public sector, or even through, like us, the nonprofit sectors, to come together. You can meet and greet and talk about all kinds of issues all in one place. Yeah. You can see everybody in an incredibly efficient way. And you have the beauty of, of Mackinac. I mean, there's nothing more beautiful. And this weekend happened to be just a pure Michigan yeah. weekend because the weather is not always this kind to us. It was really sweet. A little chillier this morning, but that's good all by itself, right? It makes for great sleeping. Yeah. So in the name of your organization is Partnership. And I know that so much changed going over this past couple of years. You know, a diversity of business leaders, community leaders committed to supporting a vibrant, thriving, welcoming urban center, right, in Detroit. What have you seen when you looked out of the landscape now, even in the rearview mirror, this idea of philanthropy, investment, partnerships, innovation? What did you see changing right before your very eyes during the pandemic? Yeah, Chuck, and I, I really do appreciate you taking a moment to sort of reflect on where we've been, because we obviously have a lot to focus on as we move forward. Yeah. But the reality is the Downtown Detroit Partnership has been at this for 100 years. This is actually our 100-year anniversary, which is really kind of fun. And it is an opportunity for this organization to bring together the leadership that is represented in our corporate, philanthropic, and public sectors. And for us, I think the most interesting and, quite frankly, gratifying aspect of what was a really challenging time was the way that those communities came together, mm. came together in support of the community, came together to think more creatively about how a place like Detroit can really be a beacon and a model for other places throughout the country, much less the world. How do we get back to some really more civil discourse about what are the real systemic issues that we need to address, not just sort of how do we make sure that the next great event comes off you right. know, well, but really what are the things that really impacted Detroiters? And some of those things that we saw were Obviously, an increase in you know small businesses and the the ability their ability to just make their bills, 
But we also saw a lot of people really struggling through some mental illness and just trying to figure out how to cope with the separation and the change in our ability to interact as both families as well as community. And again, this organization and those that represent us, Dan Lepp at Blue Cross as our vice chair is one of the best examples, came together in different ways. We did you know, 5,000 pinwheels in Campus Marshes Park representing child abuse. Yeah. You know, we've never done that before. And it was a way to reflect to the community. The other thing that we saw is our public spaces became incredibly important. Mm -hmm. We found that that was one of the safe spaces that people felt that they could come out of their homes, get fresh air, get exercise, come together because it felt more safe in an outdoor environment. We do over 2,000 mostly free events in these public spaces. Our visitorship, especially with Detroit residents, increased. People rediscovered downtown because of that. So all of those things were really positive, and they wouldn't have been possible without the support of, obviously, our board and the leadership that is represented in this town. So this, uh, again, back to the word partnership. While, you know, you hear downtown Detroit partnership, and it can sound to many like it's this big thing, which it is, and it's, it's great, you're speaking so much of a grassroots. It's more than just listening. It's, it's really the connectivity. You've used the word families. You've used the word individual. You know, your neighbors. There's a lot here that comes right through the funnel down to the people who are experiencing this in the city. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think one of the things that we've seen, especially with this current administration, which has had some really not only sustained you know, impact, but mm -hmm. also really strong leadership through Mayor Duggan's you know, term, what we've seen is a sort of a reaffirmation of what Detroiters need and how we as a partnership can make sure that those things that are working in the downtown get replicated out into many mm. of the other neighborhoods. Yeah. And so, you know, to your point, yes, it's important to make sure that, you know, economic growth is continuing. It's important that the corporate community, which often people think of the downtown as being sort of that financial district, is strong and is successful because obviously it is a significant component to the taxation, you know, that supports the city services and all of that. But at the end of the day, it's all about the people. It's yeah. all about how do we make sure that we're partnering across all lines. You know, we've done a lot in every one of the seven council districts because it's very important that council understands what we can do and how we can replicate that. We were fortunate enough eight years ago to form a downtown business improvement zone. It's a voluntary self-imposed assessment mm -hmm. by the property owners. Everything that we do goes back into the center of the city and it allows us to engage with small businesses. It allows us to engage with residents. It allows us to engage with the faith community, which mm -hmm. is critical in terms of having, again, a much more balanced sort of community. So we've been challenged through these last few years but I think everyone on our board, much less on the downtown Detroit partnership team, has raised up to uh, to meet those challenges. And as imposing and often even sad, what's happened in this pandemic season has come along, and we, we hope, we pray we're coming out of that. This idea of coming together has been something that so many have talked about here. This idea that we're actually seeing fruit grow on other people's trees, kind of. Yeah, and I think we, you know, the pandemic really did make us recognize that we are all in this together. Yeah. Um, I hope, you know, we often, as Americans, love to, you know, fight for the underdog. So hopefully we won't forget that anytime soon. Yeah. But the reality is, Chuck, as you said, you know, it was an opportunity for us to come together in different ways. I mean, you know, the homeless population, just to talk about some of the challenges, the homeless population in the downtown grew during the pandemic from 90 sort of consistent levels of population to over 230. 
that's an indication that people really were impacted significantly. And obviously, again, Blue Cross, through its, you know, not only wraparound services, but also just the focus on mental health and yeah. overall well-being is part of what we try and embody. Because, again, we can learn from everyone's experiences. We can learn from everyone's expertises. And that's what we try and actually leverage. But I think you're right. I mean, up here, the conversation is, what did we learn? You know, what do we not want to repeat? And how can we take what we want to repeat and make sure that others, you know, not only recognize it, but leverage it? And that's very unique. And that, quite frankly, makes a much more exciting, dynamic and healthy state. But that's opportunity all by itself, right? Looking forward, what other opportunities do you see specifically? Anything that comes to mind moving forward? I think Michigan and Detroit in particular, because I'm biased to Detroit, is poised to have some really great success. I th again, we've got wonderful leadership, obviously, at the state level and then at the local levels. You know, Warren Evans has been an amazing leader in Wayne County, largest county, biggest, you know, concentration of population. Yeah. His partnership with, obviously, the governor and with the mayor of Detroit has been key. So, again, I think Detroit and the, our region is poised to continue to increase not only our economic growth, but also start to really address some of those systemic social issues, but also more immediate take advantage of the recognition that Detroit has gotten and really produce some really fun and big events. So we were successful through Claude Molinari and the and the Visit Detroit team to secure the 2004 NFL draft. That's going to be a massive opportunity for us to showcase Detroit. We're in the process of you know running the last Grand Prix right. on Belle Isle and then moving it downtown. Another great opportunity for us to showcase Detroit. And, you know, the convention business is coming back. So our visitorship pre-pandemic was about 33 million annually in the downtown. We dropped to about 13 million. We, last year, we're back up to 22. And this year, I think we'll exceed the pre-pandemic level. Wow. Uh, hotel occupancies are well out of the teens, which they were during the pandemic and on their way to full recovery. And many of the businesses, although the small businesses still get to have some impact because not all the workers are back. But many of the businesses have been able to pivot. They've been able to change the way they deliver their services and are actually coming back in better, stronger, and more sort of consistent ways, which I'm very excited about. So great to hear, and it's great to have you with us. And, I, I, you know, we just had Bud Denker here and now yourself. I'll just ask, any way I could drive one of those Grand Prix cars on the streets in Detroit when it gets there? Chuck, if you figure that out, <laughs> I, I want to be with you because um, okay, I've been good. asking Bud for a long time, and we've been, you know, we've been their partner on that event since its inception. So, yeah. But, you know, you mentioned Bud and obviously Roger oh, yeah. Penske. The two of them, Cindy Paskey, you know, you could go through a laundry list of leaders in this town that continue to give back. I mean, I think about tonight. Tonight, we're going to be getting together with Dan Lepp and Cindy Paskey and a bunch of the Detroit and regional leadership to focus on Ukraine. That doesn't happen in a lot yeah. of places. I mean, you're in the middle of a beautiful setting. You know, usually it's a cocktail hour, but no, they're going to focus on how do we bring help to communities that need that help. That's really unique. You know, from my side, one of the things that encourages me is some of the names you've just fired off. There's a longevity to those names that they understand what has happened, what maybe has just happened during the pandemic, and what can happen. So while there are new players, and that's always good to see, uh, you know, the Penske team has been in place for quite a while. And look at the commitment. Yeah, and, and Chuck, I think, you know, the other thing that those names represent is a understanding and a perspective that is more than just Detroit and Michigan. Those yeah. are global companies 
they, you know, the, the reason that we're getting together tonight, you know, for Ukraine is because they understand that this is a global economy. We have to be able to participate in that global economy. We need to be able to figure out how we relate to a changing global economy. Mm -hmm. And that's really unique. And the more we can leverage those kinds of understandings, those kind of, I had a conversation this morning with Bud about just the economic development within the city and Quentin Messer, who's the, you know, the new head of the MEDC. How can we take the kinds of, you know, learnings and contacts and relationships that a company like Penske has around the world yeah. and bring them to Michigan. And we need to do more of that. Well, it's good to see you. Eric Larson, CEO, Downtown Detroit Partnership. Always nice to see you. Thank you, John. Take good really care. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to a Healthier Michigan podcast brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. We regularly cover a variety of wellness topics featuring the advice and experience of many leading experts to help you lead a healthier life. If you like our show and you want to know more, check us out online at ahealthiermichigan.org slash podcast or leave us a review or rating on iTunes or Stitcher. To get new episodes on your smartphone or tablet, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.